Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and I've discovered the secret to making it through any challenge, to finding peace in the midst of uncertainty and chaos, and to navigating all those uncertainties and challenges with minimal damage and sometimes even beautiful results is to remain alert and obedient to God's guiding Holy Spirit, one of the most precious and comforting gifts Christ could have given us. Today, I brought on a special guest known for wisdom and insight in this area, Linda Shepard. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. I'm so glad to be here, Jennifer. Well, Linda is known as the prayer lady and someone who continually seeks more of God. She's the best-selling author of more than 35 books, including the 2020 Sela Award finalist, When You Need to Move a Mountain. She also leads the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, which is where we met, and her life is evidence of her heart for Christ and her commitment to living guided by Him. But Linda, I imagine that was something of a journey for you, right? Like, were you always so alert to God's presence and his voice? I don't think so. I was a very stubborn child and I didn't want to go down the aisle to accept Jesus as my savior because my mom was pushing me to do it. (laughs) And I had to come on my own to him. And I have to tell you, Jennifer, the moment that I accepted Jesus as my savior, meaning I I recognized that Jesus had died on the cross for my sins and that that forgiveness was for me so that I could walk with God. And I said yes to that and then made it public by walking down the aisle. That was the moment I first felt God's Holy Spirit touch my little hard heart (laughs) And it created a flood of tears. I cried for two hours after that. And that changed me. And and I did start to hear God's voice in my life at that time. You know, I think we have to, sometimes we can think, we'll see other people and, and the way they maybe hear God, the may, maybe they live it out. And we'll start to think, we'll disqualify ourselves. We'll think, you know what, I... I'm just not as spiritual as they are. Maybe I don't have as much knowledge as they are. And I love this this quote by Protestant preacher Oswald Smith. And he said, the fullness of the spirit is not a question of our getting more of the Holy Spirit, but rather of the Holy Spirit getting more of us. And I'm just reminded that God did promise to speak to us. He did. He did. I can think the first time that I clearly remember God speaking to me was, I think the year was maybe 1972. I am now dating myself. (laughs) And it was my first year of high school, my first day of high school. And now the problem with it is that was the first day that my high school was going to be integrated. And I knew those kids, I knew they were going to be very upset 
and scared. And when I got to school, it was a madhouse. Everyone was angry. Everyone uh, had hate in their hearts. Mainly it was fear, actually, more than hate. And I asked the Lord, how do I respond to this? And he told me very clearly, be kind to everyone. And that became the way I lived my high school life. And the kindness caught on. And by the end of our four years together, everyone was pretty much kind to everyone. But I knew God had spoken to my heart. And I was no longer afraid. And I was able to walk into sort of a a situation that had a lot of drama (laughs) attached to it and survive very well and thrive through it. That's awesome. And you you were you said you were a high schooler and I'm reminded when I think just about how all the ways that we tend to disqualify ourselves or we might be tempted to disqualify ourselves from hearing God. And I'm reminded of Samuel. So he grew up to be one of the most influential and spirit-led prophets in ancient Israel. To give some background for those not familiar, his mother was barren for a long time. She desperately prayed for a child, promising if God granted her request that she would give him back to God, and which she did. And so she brought him to God's temple to live with and then learn from the priest. And we're told in 1 Samuel 3, 1, that quote, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So God hadn't really announced his will through a prophet in quite some time. And it just, it, it fascinates me and encourages and inspires me that God broke his centuries long silence Mm. to speak to a boy that was maybe 11 to 12 years old. Right. The pure of heart. Well, you know, the prophet during that time period, Jennifer, of course, was Eli and he was the high priest of, of the area, and he had committed a sin against God in that he had allowed his sons, who were also priests, to desecrate the altar by eating choice meats from the altar and by committing adultery with the young women who watched at the temple doors and had said nothing. It was like the sin of silence, the sin of complacency. And God was angry and at him and had quit speaking to and through him. You know, and that brings up a good point. I think one, he was, you know, as a leader, he and his sons were supposed to model, right? Set the example and, and of what it means to follow God. But I love, you mentioned earlier about Samuel being pure in heart. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we can have, even myself, like I can have, blockage in my heart. I look at like Eli, the priest, I think his, his weakness and his bias was his boys, right? Probably. And honestly, as a mom, sometimes that can be my weakness too, when I'll hear God say something. And if it, if it, if it's in a way that maybe would be difficult for my, for my daughter, and especially when she was growing up, it's harder for me to be responsive to God's voice. And when I'm less responsive to God's voice, I am less apt to hear it. And I'm more apt, I think, to try to downplay it. Well, It can be hard to go against what we want and what God wants. And I think the key is to try to live knowing that you are always in the presence of God. And once we begin to get that mindset that we don't just shift Uh, being in the presence of God when we don't feel like it. We're still in the presence of God. Or when we feel 
like we need to go our own way or to be disobedient. We are always still in the presence of God. And as we begin to open our mind to thinking like that, that we cannot hide from God, we cannot go in our closet and shut the door and God can't see us. He always sees us. And so then the next step is to make him a part of our lives to say, okay, you're here. You're welcome here. And I'm going to recognize you now in every area, including being a mom. And that's where Eli failed. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard. No judgment there. I've been there too. It's hard. But to include him in those decisions of being a dad and being the priest of Israel at the time and not being able to set that example because he had excluded God in that area of his life. Yeah, and I think it goes back to to really trusting that, you know, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep will hear my voice. He said that in John chapter 10. And I think that's such an important trusting that he is good. And and with my daughter, now that she's 23 and she's married and I can look back and see there's just some moments in our life where we made hard decisions that impacted her. And, and for a while that hurt her, like moving, we moved her in the middle of her after her freshman year in high school before her sophomore year. And that was hard on her, but I can look back now and see how God used that, not just for our family's good and not just for the good of the kingdom, you know, just in how he used us in different serving areas, but how he actually used that to build into her life as well. And so I think just trusting that, when he does got going with the attitude of yes, we're in his presence and we're in the presence of a loving, attentive, kind and faithful father. I think that really helps. Exactly. And that is so exciting to know that God is a God of love. I was recently teaching in Santa Fe at a women's event and a young woman, they had a question and answer time for me. And I was so surprised that all the questions had to do with hearing God's voice. And this young woman was bipolar. She had been abused. She had special needs. And she wanted to know, how can I tell the voices apart? She wanted to know, how can I tell God's voice from the voices that are not God. And we all, whether we're bipolar or not, we all have that struggle. And I said this, you know what? God is a God of love. And the number one thing he says to his children is this, I love you. I am with you. Behold me, trust me. He does not say you are stupid. Nobody likes you. You are not loved. And you know what? If you died, no one would even come to your funeral. (laughs) That is not the voice of God. And so once we understand that, we don't have to be so afraid to hear God's voice. He's not sitting there going to shake his finger in your face and pronounce judgment on you when you're opening your heart to him. He's going to meet you in love. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. 
Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You know, I just had a conversation actually with a young woman I was mentoring just about that very thing. She was dealing with some, something had popped up that was going to completely derail some major, potentially derail some major life moments, or at least the celebration of them. And she was wrestling with, because one of those like, okay, I feel like I should do this thing, but then there's turmoil within me. And, And so we talked about, You know, Satan often, so we have a spiritual enemy, his name is Satan, and he's often urgent Mm -hmm. and, and loud. And usually it's a sense of, of, I, when, for me, it'll be a fear driven response. And like you said, God is so gentle, patient. And I'm, I'm reminded that he is not so like urgent, like you have to stop everything and do things now because he's wise enough to prepare us when we need to act. And so I think he gives us the, the peace and and the grace to just take time and say, okay, is this your voice, God? And if we hear him wrong, he's such a good father. He's like, well, nope, you kind of misheard. So I'm going to nudge you a little and here's a blessing and let's keep learning this conversation thing. Well, even Gideon tested the voice of the Lord. Gideon had uh, heard from the Lord to, to go into battle, and he wanted to be sure. He didn't want to fight a fight if God wasn't with him. And I think we should all take a lesson from Gideon. He put a fleece before the Lord, but we can ask him, Lord, is this you? It says in the word that we can test the spirits to see if they are from God. My favorite way to test the spirits is to say, is this the God, the Father, whose son Jesus died on the cross for my sins because there are other voices that would speak to you even your own selfish voice but the voices of the enemy would also speak to you so test seek find out and then go with the peace you're going to follow the voice of love and the voice of peace and make sure that it's the voice of the lord Amen. And I, I do think we need to take regular time to, because I do think it is, a, so God does speak to us all, right? And he does guide us because he's a good father if we belong to Jesus. But I think we also can cultivate that listening ear. And I, I'm just struck how many times in scripture we hear about God bringing somebody apart to talk to them. You know, like I was really fascinated with Elijah. He was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he'd gone through just this crazy, just God had miraculously dethroned the false gods and and the king and the queen of that time were enraged and wanted to kill him. And so he flees and he's terrified and he's discouraged. And I really love, this is in 1 Kings 19, this verse, it says, verse 11, it says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. And when I just Mm -hmm. picture this as God saying like, come away with me to this special place. I mean, yes, God was speaking to him right there. So it, God could have continued speaking right there, but it was, it was like he removed him out of 
wherever he was. And for me, it might be out of the chaos for a moment, right? Where I can just kind of quiet myself and, and experience him more fully. So how do you do that? Like, what are some ways, like your rhythm of, of learning his voice and his presence? Well, first I want to say not everyone is going to hear the voice of God the same way. There are many people who are wired to not hear the voice of the Lord internally in their hearts as much as when they're reading the word of God. And you've had those moments, you're reading God's word, and suddenly a scripture just jumps into your face and into your heart, and you know you have an answer to a question that you've been seeking God on. You know that it spoke directly to you, and don't discount that. That is the voice of God talking to you. But I also am a person that hears the still small voice of God. And I encourage anyone who wants to hear God to practice. And the way you practice is you invite the Lord to speak to you. And I love to do that. And this is how I learned to do it was laying in bed as just as I was waking up before my mind was cluttered and I would greet the Lord and say, is there anything you want to tell me today? And that's when I begin to hear the Lord speak his love over me. I love you. I am with you today. And then from there, I begin to hear God's voice in moments. Like here's an example. I, this happened a couple of years ago. I was at a grocery store and the clerk was about to check me out. She was very pregnant and she told me, this is my last day. And I said, oh, really? I said, are you, are you about to have your baby? And she said, I have to have the tumor removed. And I became very judgy in that moment because now I'm thinking she's calling her baby a tumor. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, don't be judgy. Ask more questions. So I said, well, what do you mean? Uh, I said, do you have a tumor? And she said, yes, I have three tumors and I have to get them out before my baby can be born. And then I saw how afraid she was and scared. And the Lord spoke to me again. And he said, ask her if she wants you to pray for her. Well, that was a scary thing because I'm in a Boulder, Colorado grocery store where a lot of people are like in the, to the occult and to stand up and pray for someone in the middle of the grocery store line was a little bit outside of my comfort zone. But I pushed through that fear and I said, can I pray for you? And she said, would you? And right there in front of everyone, we prayed together. And I prayed that the surgery would come out beautifully, that she would be fine, that the baby would be fine, and that she and the baby would be blessed. Some months later, I was back in the store and I asked one of the people working there, whatever happened to the young woman who was expecting a baby who had the tumor? And they said, haven't you heard? And I said, no, I haven't heard it. They said the baby was born and she and the baby are so blessed. And so that was confirmation that I had heard God, followed God, and had done what God was calling me to do in that moment. But that's what you hear, these little gentle nudges. And if they're loving and kind and they're not like, hey, go rob a bank. <laughs> or, hey, you know, say this unkind thing to your neighbor. Then you can trust that God, if it's full of love, because here's how it works. God is a God of love. He pours his love into us and wants us to pour it back into the world. And if that's what he's calling you to do, you are hearing from God. 
Well, and I think you brought up a good point too about reading scripture. We and earlier we talked about how do we know like our voice versus God's voice, and I would say it's imperative that we are daily reading our Bibles because that's how he begins to transform our thinking so that we think his thoughts and then he will use his words of scripture to kind of guide us. And I love your story with, with this woman and just how you kind of waited on God's prompting. You followed and you listened and then you responded and then you waited and then you listened and then you, you responded. And I, I was reminded recently, actually, I kind of blew it. So I was really frustrated about a situation that involved another person that I was confused as to their behavior and how to respond. And it, and it was a painful situation. And I went to church and I went to church thinking, okay, I'm done. Like I, I can't do this. I, you know, kind of self-protecting and the sermon really spoke to me deeply, just that we need to be God's light. And so I left encouraged and empowered. Well, I immediately initiated a conversation and And I was misunderstanding. I I initiated the conversation with a lot of misunderstanding and false judgment. And I realized when I kind of thought about it later and just prayed through it, I had that initial like heart change moment, but I hadn't paused to give time, God time to speak as far as the how, like, like the steps. And so as a result, I was able to, you know, God, there's grace. And I was able to kind of revisit the conversation and apologize once God showed me, like, you messed up. But it reminded me of the importance of waiting on God, not just for the inspiration and the heart change, but then the words, right? The response. And, and I love how you said that in your, you know, you kind of followed the listen, act, listen, act. Right, right. It- that's the beauty of it. I, I think one of the first times it really hit me that God would speak directly into my situation was when my little boy was four years old and he had the mumps and I had tucked him into bed. And when I went back to pray with him, he was missing. He was missing. I tore the house apart. I looked in every cupboard. I went outside, ran, called. Finally, I decided to call the police, which I did. And I said to the Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And the Lord said, go stand in Jimmy's room. Well, Jimmy's bedroom was 10 by 10, tiny. It had a closet. It had a bed. It had a chest of drawers. It had a toy box. He wasn't in the closet. He wasn't in the toy box. He wasn't in the dresser. But as I stood there quietly obeying the Lord, because obedience is another key, obeying the Lord, I saw an unusual lump in the bed. It was a car water bed, and I touched the lump, and it was warm. I pulled the sheets off, and my little boy, to surprise me, had wedged himself between the footboard and the water bed mattress, face up, thank goodness, had covered himself and fallen fast asleep. And so God had called me to rescue me from this situation of believing my son had disappeared and spoke to me. And I canceled the cop call. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I think as we're learning really to how to discern, listen, obey, and, and respond to God's voice, I think it's a really good idea to just look through the New Testament, especially in the Acts, and watch the behavior of the of the disciples who were especially in tuned to God. And one thing that struck me, I was reading this morning actually in, in Acts 8, 
where Philip, one of the disciples, so he's in Samaria with a bunch of other disciples and God's like, hey, I want you to go south to this road, the desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he didn't know why. And he just went and it was probably a 20 to 30 mile walk before he found out the why and got the assignment. And there he met an Ethiopian eunuch. But I'm just thinking if it had been me, so that's probably, I mean, at least four hours, right? Where you're like, God, where are you? Where am I going? Is this real? Did I really hear you? This seems ridiculous. Everybody else is back in Samaria. All the ministry is in Samaria. And and so I was reminded of the need when you hear a word from God through scripture, through your spirit, to hold tight to that and walk it out. I think it's easy sometimes to to let our wisdom dominate. It is because we want to know the why. And if it doesn't sound logical to us, we may cast it aside. I've done it. We've all done it. And God can still pick up and and guide us and lead us. We may have missed an opportunity. But when we are clear that it is God, we might as well obey him so we can see what the miracle will be. I love that. Say that again, because I think that's so good. When we're clear that God is speaking to us and he tells us something that goes against our personal logic, we might as well obey him so we can see what the miracle will be. Yes. And I think just going into our scripture time, our prayer time, our day with a determination to obey. Like sometimes I have to switch it and and when I'm thinking of that, recognizing how we said earlier, if I obey wrong, but I, my heart is for, for God, he will use that. He will bless that, in my opinion, more than if I'm, I'm always questioning and pulling back. Well, God can take anything and turn it into a miracle for our good and for the good of other people and people that he loves. And sometimes those are difficult Sometimes we have to walk down difficult roads. And, you know, hearing God's voice doesn't mean you will not walk through difficulties. It doesn't protect you from difficulties because difficulties is how we learn and how we grow in God, overcoming through his power. But when we can hear God's voice in difficulties, then we know that he is with us. It's kind of like I spoke in Alabama right before that big tornado swooped into town. And I heard, I had spoken on, if you hear God and he says to take a left, take a left. If he says, take a right, take a right. And one of the women called me back after the tornado and said, her husband had heard a still small voice say, turn right. And he obeyed, he did it. And if he had turned left, he would have driven into the tornado. So we don't know. I mean, he didn't stop and say, okay, now what is this about? Explain this to me. I don't see the logic of why I need to turn that other direction because I plan to go the other way. He just obeyed and God protected him. We never know when we hear God's voice and we obey it, what he may have protected us from. Amen. And I know you actually have a book. I I know it's kind of, it's out of print, I believe, right? But you have a book that that listeners can get on Kindle if they're just trying to really learn. There's such peace in being in the presence of the one who knows you fully, loves you deeply, and has a plan for you. So 
we've, we've just got a few minutes left. If you would mind, wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about that book. Sure. The book is called Experiencing God's Presence, Learning to Listen While You Pray. And there's nothing wrong with reading it on Kindle. In fact, it's got a Bible study in it for groups. I have a group using it right now, my group in Santa Fe that I just spoke with. And I highly recommend that you take the time, whether it's through this book or just practicing the art of living in the presence of God, speaking to God, inviting God to speak to you, reading the word, but you grow your ability to hear and to obey God's voice. Amen. And I know you have another book, which we mentioned at the beginning. And so it's when you need to move a mountain. And I imagine, honestly, probably a lot of our listeners are feeling that way right now, just coming, still coming out of COVID, still trying to recoup. So what, I mean, maybe tell us what that book is about. Well, I love when you need to move a mountain. And by the way, you can go to my website, gottopray.com and see all of my mini books on prayer. But that book is about how to hear God, how to walk with God, how to find out what kind of prayer warrior you are, because sometimes you may have a special prayer gift. Uh, For example, uh, praying for your own family members or or praying for tragedies that you see on the news. You find out, identify what it is, and identify so many wonderful techniques that will help you become a better prayer warrior and to see more answers to your prayers. Awesome. Well, I do have one one funny story that actually involves you, Linda. So I will share. I haven't told you this, but just kind of to give our our listeners comfort when they for those times when they don't hear God. I don't know if you remember, but it was at one of the ASA events, and you you had everybody be quiet to hear God for their mm-hmm. neighbor. And I'm sitting there, and I felt God's presence super super strong, mm-hmm. but I got nothing. Like. <laughs> I didn't hear it. And I'm like, Lord, come on. She's waiting for me. Like she, she, I need to give this, this word to this person. I got nothing. And so then we paused and, and my partner, cause you had paired us with partners and she just told me these beautiful things that God had said to her about me. And I'm looking at, I'm like, I'm sorry, nothing. <laughs> then we did it again. I think we paired with someone else and it was the same experience. I felt God strongly. So I knew he was with me, but he was silent. And I had to, again, say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I am, I got nothing here. And so he speaks on his timetable. That's right. That's right. And don't worry in times he's being silent. Sometimes that's a fear block. Sometimes it's a timing block. It's not his timing for you to speak into uh, or to hear from him in that very moment. And you just have to go with that and trust that, but don't make something up. And I'm really proud of you. That happened to me one time. And the only thing I heard when I went through that exercise the first time was, what if the Lord told me she was an old goat? And then <laughs> I, that, and so then she was older. And then she said, what did, what did you hear? I said, nothing. And then she insisted that I tell her anything that came in my mind. <laughs> and finally I told her, I, I was afraid that he might tell me you were an old goat. She took that to heart and she went onto the platform and shared with everyone that she was an old goat. And I was <laughs> mortified because I do not believe God was telling her she was an old goat. And so be careful, be careful, and don't presume that your judgments are God's voice or that your fears, that was my fear, is God's voice. If you don't hear God, just be patient and wait. 
Amen. Well, I think that's a great place to end this podcast. We'll put more about Linda in our show notes. You'll be able to find where to connect with her and also we'll list the books that we mentioned today. Thank you for listening. I hope today inspired you to draw closer to God and to remain attuned to his voice. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to share it with your friends and rate it. That encourages us and helps others to find it. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.